Welcome back to our podcast, Regulation Matters, A Clear Conversation. I'm your host, Lyne Dempsey. I am currently the Chief Compliance Officer with Riccobeni Associates Family Dentistry here in North Carolina, uh, formerly from the North Carolina State Board of Dental Examiners. And I'm also the Chair of the National Certified Investigator Training Committee with CLEAR. As many of you are aware, the Council on Licensure Enforcement and Regulation, or CLEAR, is an association of individuals, agencies, and organizations that comprise the international community of professional and occupational regulation. This podcast is a chance for you to hear about current topics in our regulatory community. So today I'm joined by Nicholas Wallacechuk. He is an investigator with the Ontario College of Teachers and the recipient of CLEAR's 2020 Investigative Excellence Award. And uh, we're very glad to have you with us today. It's a pleasure to be here, Lyon. Thank you. I know before the call, we were talking about fellow colleagues that we've had the privilege of, of, of speaking with. So um, uh, you're in good company uh, with folks from, from the, uh, the College of Teachers there. So, well, let me uh, also thank also our listeners for joining us today. So, you know, furthering CLEAR's mission of promoting regulatory excellence, CLEAR has an annual program um, that we honor exceptional contributions to the regulatory community. So the Investigative Excellence Award recognizes an investigator who has demonstrated exceptional performance in a particular case with performance beyond what is expected or required, resulting in a direct and you know, significant impact to the protection of the public or consumer interest. So Nick, we're pleased to have you with us today to talk about the case for which you were nominated and some of the investigative techniques that you use throughout the case. So first, maybe can you tell us a little bit about the Ontario College of Teachers? Well, absolutely. Uh, the Ontario College of Teachers uh, is a provincial regulator for all teachers and administrators in the province of Ontario. In Ontario, uh, many regulators are referred to as colleges, but uh, we are not, in fact, educational institutions. Uh, we are largely self-regulated bodies. Uh, we refer to teachers and administrators as members. Uh, we have approximately 240,000 members in the province. It's a large number requiring a proficient and well-trained regulatory team of professionals. That absolutely sounds like it would be. Well, can you describe a little bit about the case that eventually led to CLEAR awarding you the Investigator Excellence Award? Absolutely. Um, so this case was reported to us by a member of the public. Um, typically, most cases are reported to us by school boards uh, as required under our governing legislation, but we also accept complaints from the public. Uh, the complainant in this matter uh, was the mother of the victim. Uh, she's a 14-year-old girl who was subjected to grooming by her 38-year-old uh, male teacher. Um, so mom, uh, the complainant, reported to us that uh, the teacher had asked the complainant's daughter and a few other students to join a social media chat group uh, under the guise of wanting to keep in touch with students after the students had graduated from elementary school and were moving on to high school. I, uh, I later learned from interviewing some of the students in the chat group that after the students joined the chat, uh, the teacher targeted the victim and convinced the victim to start uh, communicating exclusively with the teacher and outside of the chat group. Um, the, the nature of the communications between the teacher and the victim evolved uh, to where they were exchanging personal information 
and expressing uh, affection for one another well beyond uh, what we would consider a typical student-teacher relationship. Uh, the victim and teacher also met each other on a few occasions in public places, and this took place over nine months. So I guess when I was assigned to the case, um, I reached out to the uh, school board as well as uh, police and child protective services. And all of those uh, organizations had obtained substantial evidence of grooming, uh, but no evidence of anything overly sexual, such as you know, the exchange of sexual images or videos or, or any sexual activity. So uh, because of that, police decided not to lay charges, um, but the school board did uh, ultimately terminate the uh, teacher's employment. Well, I guess, um, what makes this case maybe different from those that you have worked on? Yeah, so at first this case seemed like an open and shut case of grooming, um, but I was concerned from interviewing some of the students in the group chat uh, over the extent the teacher went to uh, specifically isolate the victim, as well as the length of time the teacher and the victim were exchanging uh, messages over social media. So uh, despite the victim ha having been interviewed by uh, police and the school board, um, I elected to interview her myself. Um, for the first hour and 15 minutes of the interview, uh, the victim stuck with the narrative uh, that she had told police and the school board. But as we progressed through the interview, the victim finally uh, told me the truth. And that was that she and the teacher were exchanging nude images and short videos of each other. So after the interview ended, uh, the victim told her mother everything that had happened. And while uh, the mother was devastated, uh, they both wanted to help us and they gave us two mobile phones belonging to the victim, one of which were, was badly damaged and the other phone was password protected and where the victim claimed that she could not remember her password. A short time later, we learned that the teacher had given the victim a third phone um, and uh, that both the victim's mother and myself were unaware of uh, that phone was also password protected and the victim claimed not to know the password for that phone as well. Wow, that's really crazy. I guess, um, what kind of uh, challenges uh, had, you know, did you experience during this case? I mean, obviously, I think, you know, having to, to, to do this interview for, for a while before, you know, she was able to finally, uh, you know, concede this information, but I guess, what other challenges? Yeah, certainly the, the interview was, was challenging and, and it took a, a while for us to get to the truth, but uh, by far the biggest challenge uh, we faced were the three phones. Um, I was fairly certain that at least one of the phones would reveal corroborating evidence of the exchanges of sexualized images and videos. And I was certain that if we found that evidence on one or more of the phones, we would obtain uh, the revocation of the teacher's certificate of qualification. Um, but as an organization, we were not equipped to unlock those phones using uh, digital forensic software. And we had never had a previous case requiring digital forensics unlocking and analysis of mobile phones. So we decided to go back to police uh, with the new evidence uh, that had been provided by the victim and the complainant um, and ask uh, police if they'd be willing to reopen their case and undertake the forensics uh, work needed to get to the evidence off the phone. 
Uh, after a lot of back and forth, uh, police uh, ultimately did not agree to reopen their case. Um, we also reached out to other regulators. Most didn't have the technology that uh, was needed or in the rare case where the regulator did have uh, digital forensics hardware and software, uh, they were not willing to assist us. So I, I turned my attention to the private sector and identified a digital forensics firm that did this type of work on behalf of Canadian and American local and federal law enforcement agencies. And then I went uh, to our leadership uh, and convinced them that this was our best chance at getting to the evidence we needed in our case. Our leadership team uh, agreed and shortly thereafter, the phones were sent to the lab for unlocking. And during that time, I was trained on the uh, forensic firm's uh, digital proprietary extraction software uh, for when we got the unlocked phones back from them. Um, so it was definitely stressful. Uh, the first phone came back a couple of months later and uh, I didn't find a thing on it. So I was definitely sweating at that point given the time and the investment we had made as an organization. But after another three months or so, the second phone came back with the evidence we were looking for and which uh, supported the victim's account of what happened. Um, at that point, I transferred my file to uh, a very accomplished lawyer, Ava Arbuck, and a few months later, uh, the teacher's teaching certificate was revoked. Wow, that's really fascinating. I guess, you know, um, obviously having success in this case is, you know, the ultimate outcome and, and obviously which led to, to your award. Um, were there any investigative techniques or skills that, that maybe we haven't discussed yet that maybe led to the success? Absolutely. I'll go back to the interview. And, um, you know, when I was interviewing the victim, I was employing the enhanced cognitive interview technique. And that included uh, things like restating the victim uh, in her exchanges with the teacher, asking her in-depth reporting of details of when she was exchanging messages with the teacher, uh, going back and jumping ahead to different time periods uh, when she was exchanging messages, images and videos with the teacher. And I think um, psychologically, uh, this all brought her to a point where she felt a great need to tell me everything and tell me the truth. Um, the second uh, really important skill I learned from this case uh, was the um, extraction of digital evidence off of those mobile phones and maintaining uh, a secure evidence chain up until prosecution. Um, you know, just looking at society in general, I think uh, users of this technology, uh, using it for the explicit purpose of targeting children, are becoming more sophisticated in hiding their steps. Uh, and I think the use of digital forensics is more important than ever. Uh, in particular, in an era, uh, you know, a COVID era of where young students are are learning online. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've I've heard horror stories from friends of mine that are that are parents and the difficulties that they've had, especially now that you know everybody has a a, a communication device that that is a, a very powerful computer in their in their pocket. So I guess you know. What would you say the most important things you learned from this case? Um, obviously, we've touched on a couple of things there, but you know, um, I guess something maybe other investigators could take away from this. 
you know, I think the lessons that I'm going to pass on, um, you know, they are not necessarily specific to, to this case. I think they're lessons that uh, many investigators have to learn uh, time and time again. Uh, certainly the first one uh, was perseverance. Um, I think that many of us in regulation uh, would say that we have more than enough work to do and we often have too little time to complete it. And this case uh, could have easily been a quick open and shut case of grooming and it would have been completely reasonable to treat it as such. But uh, I believe that perseverance in, in the work that we do and uh, more broadly in life breeds success and that perseverance certainly did uh, in this case. And I really am speaking to uh, the interviews where I could have just accepted the interviews of police and um, uh, of the school board, but uh, decided not to and go further. The, the second point I'd like to pass on to everyone is uh, the importance of professional development. And uh, this one I, I really believe in, and it wasn't necessarily, again, only in this case that we learned this lesson, um, but I can tell you, like when I hear uh, investigators say things I have, that I have 20, 30 years of experience and I know what I'm doing and I don't need more training, uh, in my view, uh, that is a false narrative. Uh, successful investigators and individuals continually try to improve themselves. So being trained in enhanced cognitive interviewing and the extraction of digital evidence uh, most definitely contributed to our success, and those were all brought about by additional training. Um, and I'd also encourage everyone who has the opportunity to take courses uh, that will help in the work uh, that you do. Um, go back to school if you can, become a licensee in a regulated profession, or do all of it. Virtually uh, everything in this world is becoming more complex, uh, as are virtually every investigation that we're undertaking. Uh, and to stay on top of it, we really do need to continually improve. Well, you know, I think that's a, a brilliant statement and, and I, I couldn't agree with you more as far as this um, push towards uh, additional education and, and, and continuance uh, of, of what we've, we've already built upon, um, but, but understanding that, you know, our, our, while our knowledge is, is certainly uh, vast and, and may have many years of experience, um, being able to look at it from a different perspective or, or outside approach um, is, is very helpful. So um, that's great. Um, I guess, you know, looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently um, maybe or with this or, or, or a similar case, like, you know, looking at it now, you know, hindsight being 2020 as it is. Yeah, it's always, uh, it's always easier to Monday morning quarterback for sure. Um, I, you know, in this case, uh, the phones were definitely uh, the issue and uh, delayed this case. And, you know, we all know that regulators are, are conservative by nature. Um, and because of that, I, I wish I had spent more time up front figuring out who was going to be able to help us with our problem and who wasn't. Um, as everyone knows, uh, and all the listeners uh, listening in today know, delay in moving a case along can have significant repercussions. And I was really fortunate that the complainant and her daughter uh, bought into the investigative process and stuck with it right until the end. This was a, a lengthy case indeed. 
Excellent. Well, um, I think this has been a great discussion, Nick. I appreciate you uh, being a part of this. And, and again, congratulations on, on the award. Um, you know, it, it is always wonderful to be able to hear of examples of, uh, of excellence that from our other regulatory colleagues. Um, so again, congratulations on that. And, and thank you for speaking with us today. Well, I'm really grateful uh, for the opportunity to speak with you today, Lion, and um, thank you to everyone at CLEAR and to uh, all the listeners who took the time uh, to uh, tune into the show. Absolutely. It, it has been a pleasure. And I also want to draw our members' attention again to the CLEAR Awards. The call for nominations for the 2021 CLEAR Awards is now open, so we invite you to consider submitting a nomination to recognize excellence in the regulatory community. More information about that um, in the nomination forms can be found on the CLEAR website under the award tab in the main menu. I also want to take a moment to thank our listeners for tuning in for this episode. We'll be back with another episode of Regulation Matters, a CLEAR conversation very soon. If you're new to the CLEAR podcast, please subscribe to us. We're available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Alexa for Amazon Echo devices, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes, and Pandora. I know it's a lot, but that just shows you how far we can be reached. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please leave a rating or comment in the app. Those reviews help us to improve our ranking and make it easier for new listeners to find us. Feel free also to visit our website, and that website is www.clearhq.org for additional resources, as well as a calendar of upcoming online programs and events. Finally, I'd like to thank our CLEAR staff, specifically Stephanie Thompson. She is our content coordinator, as well as the editor for our program. Once again, I'm Lyon Dempsey, and I hope to be speaking to you again very soon.